Central Virginia's only radio station whose pumpkin pie scent comes from actual pumpkin pie. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Let the Ted's D begin. Four three four nine six four one zero seven five is how you interact. As always, emails come in to Joe at WCHV dot com. We've got a lot to cover today. Jonathan Emord, author of the uh, amazing book The Authoritarians. If you ever want to really, you know, have it laid out exactly, you know, why and and they have so many different names. It's Marxist. It's you know, the dictator. It's in all the different permutations of it. Uh, Jonathan boils it down into these are just people who think they're better suited to run your life for you than you are. And it's usually based on the idea that by running your life for you, you'll make money for them. So it comes down to, I mean, I'd love to ascribe some higher purpose or some, no, there's only, there's only one person who sacrificed everything uh, for us. And you know who he was, and his birthday is less than a month away, if you haven't picked up your gifts yet. Uh, we'll also talk about the Charlottesville Nutcracker. No, no, not me. <laughs> the ballet coming up, and uh, it is uh, Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And Amy Strong is going to join us from UVA Health Center, also uh, hoping to ca- catch up with uh, Kim from uh, Moms for America, they just uh, said, you know what, the hell with this, we're endorsing Trump uh, for the presidential nomination. And I want to I stick a pin into this presidential nomination race because it, it is doing exactly what the left wants done. These authoritarians n- know they only can wield their authority if the population is fractured. And you say, well, how do you have an independent population that's fractured, Joe? Isn't the whole point that we're all individuals? Yeah, but the problem is we're being gaslit for the most part, but bullied in other parts into groupthink. And we need to, we need to, need to, need to, need to stop that because it is only fulfilling the de- needs and desires of people like Senator Cree deeds, he says, with not enough O's and smooth, smooth to cover the segue into Cree deeds yesterday, telling us he knows the problem with our schools, he knows the issues, and it is that we're not spending enough. We've got about an eighteen hundred dollars a student deficit statewide. That's about four billion dollars more every year. So think about that a second. So we currently spend, depending on the school division, somewhere between 11 in the more conservative areas to $16,000 per student per annum. Albemarle, I think, is 16. Charlottesville is closer to 14. We see what that gets you. 
spending on on the pursuits of whatever it is they're pursuing inside those walls. We're starting to discover if anything, it isn't education. So, so on top of that, let's call it 14 to be fair. Cree says we're not spending. We've got about an $1,800 a student deficit statewide. That's about $4 billion more every year. So another $1,800 on top of that, what would that buy you? What does, the, what does that get you? Because we know, already know it's not going to the teachers, because the teachers still can't afford to live in the area and, and put their lives at risk, never mind that. So what's that $1,800 going to buy? Plus he, he has a whole bunch of more money he wants to set aside to build schools. You know, if, if a politician said they wanted to build prisons as much as politicians say they want to build schools, there'd be pushback. I, and to be fair, yes, the high school that I went to was built in the wonderful year of 1933, the same year WCHV Radio went on the air. And it is still in use as a high school. And yes, it still looks like the front of a penitentiary because it was designed by the same people who were designing the penitentiaries at the time. And you can make the argument, given what we're learning about what kids aren't learning, they seem to be. And you make the argument for the contrary, if you want, for the same purpose. Because it sure isn't education and inspiration. It's seemingly more, we need these people off the streets for a little while. Anyway, he goes on to explain how he was going to come up with the monies to make that happen. It gives school divisions the authority to conduct referenda and um, raise the sales tax by one penny to um, fund school construction. So he's going to put a bill on the Senate floor, and I'm sure Amy Lawfer or Katrina Carlson, because they were DOA, isn't he so great? Sitting there with him. Although Lawfer seemed like, I'm smarter than all these people. She seemed to be sitting there, I'm smarter than all these people. Did you see what I did to Kellen Squire? <laughs> wait, till, wait till I go after your seat, Cree. You better retire. I saw somebody there who's already bored with being a member of the House of Delegates and is like, all right, how's this going to add up to my U.S. Senate campaign? But they want to give the school divisions now the ability, along with the local governments, the ability to uh, excise more taxes from you because you're already not paying enough into the schools that are spending between 14 and 16. Now they want to bring it up to eighteen, nineteen thousand $19,000 per student. How much is enough? Why don't we just give that money to the parents and let them choose where they go to school? Ooh. Did I say a dirty word? The only social media app that doesn't tell you what the Chinese government wants you to hear. Or the FBI either. The coercive power of government. Download the free Seville 1075 app. Surveillance Mike sold separately.
Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you on this Ted's D morning, 434-964-1075. Emails come in to joe at wchv.com. We'll get to some of your written thoughts. But there's there's more new ones. So this ties into the emails that a very, very small percentage of college students received or recent graduates. I think it's somewhere around 10, maybe 11% of all college students received an email from the president yesterday saying, poof, I've made your magic mystery student loan debt disappear because this was the small, targeted, ethnocentric, correct think group that they, the president actually had some authority over the student loans. But he's made, he, they managed to find that little tiny bit of the student graduate population that he could actually say i can make it disappear poof and and they send out the email saying you're suing but that theme was echoed uh, as amy i want to be a u.s senator lawfer um was sitting there in 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 between moments of complete disinterest and uh, you know uh, calculating her answers so that they sound like tim kane's replacement in the u.s senate um, said this about school funding and getting more teachers into school. It's not only about pay, it's about respecting teachers. Change the script. These are professionals, they're doing great, you know, they're doing work. How we can get more people in the education field, how we can help pay off their student debts. How do we pay off their student debts? You see, that's what it's all about, is is creating 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th grades. So I, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition in the same town hall that these um, Democratic leaders of the House and Senate were holding yesterday. They're talking about all the issues that they have with the currently existing public school system, which President Biden said he wanted you to start giving your kids to the government at two. So from two until 18, they can't deal with it. But they want to create extended public school, which will continue through college. And I was thinking about this. This reminded me of something that came up during Obamacare. And I got uh, some whistleblowers from within the University of Virginia that were telling us about the new educational paradigm that UVA was proud to be on the bleeding edge of, which was to create different tiers of medicine. So you wouldn't you you wouldn't just go through medical school. You'd go through all the same medical school, but you would get sort of a general practitioner's education. Your job would be basically to make sure that whoever came to see you went to the right specialist that their insurance would cover. And if their insurance wouldn't cover it, because it was through the Obamacare portal, then you found the appropriate opioid to prescribe to them and sent them on their way, hoping that they could find a nice fentanyl dealer somewhere in their neighborhood for when the script ran out. So they were going to ostensibly be nothing more than triage medics 
field medics doing sanctified work of trying to help somebody get past some injury or some illness, but not really with the authority to do anything. They could, you know, call over to the hospital and get a surgery suite or anything. These were field medics. And then, then if you wanted to be more than a field medic, first, of course, you'd have to be approved to be more than a field medic. And they would train you up into specialty. And you see, that's where the field medic would then assign you to an orthopedist or mental health care professional or whoever the specialist was that your insurance coverage deemed appropriate. I mean, the uh, your your needs, yes, yes, your needs would deem appropriate. And it seems that that's what we want to continue to do with with teachers now and and all of post secondary education. We will now create public college, and 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 it also reminded me of a wonderful book called The Billionaire That Wasn't. Connor uh, Cleary, the reporter, Irish reporter. Um chronicling and and it's an obscure book most people i mean it's sold pretty well in europe and ireland very popular chuck feeney very very popular character in ireland um because he came in and saw how bad the education system was in ireland uh, having gone through cornell and then the u.s navy and the gi bill and then went to cornell with a guy named Joe Thomas, not me, my dad. And when they graduated hotel school, uh, he said, well, I'm going to go run these duty-free businesses. That was what he was going to use his business degree to do. And he did that for a bunch of years and made an insane amount of money and then wanted to give that money away. And he kept trying to give the money away. The book is very funny about how he keeps trying to give it all away and the the endowment that he created keeps generating more money and investments. But he, he, part of it is he goes to Ireland and realizes the collegiate system there sucks because it is government-run from stem to stern. The colleges are government-run. There's no esprit de corps. There's no enthusiasm for going to college. Oh, okay, I, got, I, I took the test, and they say I can go to college, so that's four more years I don't have to go find a job. They don't teach you up to qualify you for anything. Maybe you're a little bit further along in the chartered accountancy world, but there was just nothing to the Irish education system. And he got in there, and with all his money, he was able to uh, win over some seats and, and sway some politicians, and they privatized a lot of the Irish postgraduate system, and it flourished, co-figure. So here we are, we're talking about doing the same thing to all student loans. What's the point in a student loan? Just go to the government college. Go to government college. I mean, you thought Animal House was funny when, when at the end they say that Senator and Mrs. Blutarski live very happily in Washington, D.C. But now Senator and Mrs. Blutarski are going to be the ones who are sending the money to the colleges to educate you. As, as if our subsidization of the postgraduate world isn't bad enough. There's still the dog and pony show that makes you think 
that you have something to do with it. And you, you have to roll back to the old saw that says, if you think it's expensive now, wait till it's free. And it continues the degradation of the society. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. You might think it's a flaw, but I'm much more convinced that this is a feature. The dumbing down, the decline in intellectual curiosity of the American people so that when the authoritarians, see our earlier conversation about Jonathan Emord, come along, we'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Actually, we'd probably say it, whatevs. He gets invited to fewer parties now than he did in high school. Here for you, not politicians. Joe Thomas in the morning on WCHV. What do you got for us this morning? Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning, Joe. This is Kevin. How you doing this morning? Good, Kevin. Let me uh, tune you up here. You're a little low. You're in the background there, uh, so uh, so that everybody can hear you. Go ahead, Kevin. What's on your mind, sir? What's on your mind? So, listen, I'm a little information overload this morning. Uh, Sorry about that. In the news, uh, in the news break, uh, the, the mention of the, another tragic incident with another Osprey. What in the world's going on with the Osprey? I mean, for as long as I can remember, the Osprey has been something that, like, I know I don't want to be uh, uh, assigned to fly around on an Osprey around. It seems like those things fall out of the sky a lot. You know? Well, you know, and, and I've, I've, I used to live in the area where they made them uh, in southeastern Pennsylvania, and and it was it was the reason I supported Admiral Joe Sestak. And if you check your ballotpedia, uh, he was a Democrat, still is a Democrat. Uh, he was running against our incumbent Republican, whose claim to fame was that he kept the Osprey getting manufactured yeah. in our area. And I said, "You mean the airplane yeah. that even Marines are, are afraid to fly?" Because uh, because at that right. point the Marines had said we're not flying them. Uh, this was oh six, oh five, oh six when the Marines said you know, we're not we're just not flying these things. Um, and, and I don't know yeah. if it's a combination of technology that sounds like a good idea on the drawing board, uh, or it's just crony capitalism come to bear in an aircraft manufacturer that doesn't feel like he's got to worry about um, getting new contracts. Uh, do I do I see the efficacy of something that you can, you know, take off and land, you know, on a fixed surface? Yeah, I see that, but yeah, I don't know enough about the engineering as to why the Osprey is has always been a problematic uh, flight platform. Well, I, you know, my point, and then I, I want to ask your opinion on something else. But my point to, to mentioning it is they've scrapped an awful lot of of programs in the United States military along the years that were far less uh, uh, negatively uh, producing than the Osprey program. Mm. And as my grandfather always said, the answer is probably follow the money, son. And um, oh, somewhere sure. along the way, there's, there's something that doesn't smell good with the Osprey program. Well, but I want to ask you a question about something else, pre-deeds. You mentioned pre-deeds uh, in, in some of the discussion this morning. And it reminded me of something I saw as I was dozing off last night on the news, where in the next session, uh, you know, they're proposing all kinds of new laws. And I I caught the tail end of it. I didn't catch it all, but evidently Creed Eads is proposing a new law that um, 
something about creating a misdemeanor for the possession of possession, transfer, sale. It sounded like it covered all the bases of what they referred to as an assault weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And his words were, uh, we're not taking anyone's guns away, but we're getting guns off the street. I, I, it didn't even make sense to me. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I, and that is on the docket of things because it is, it is an, again, the standard operating procedure gun grab stuff uh, where it's, it's what they want to define as an assault weapon. Right. And, and right. it's... It basically comes down to anything scary looking that they don't own that uh, that they think is right. uh, I th- what's the president Biden uses this military style rifle. Now, that's the new phrase that pays uh, is uh, military style. So it's a, it's the black rifle with the with the stock and the uh, and the clip. And oh, that's scary looking. Uh, and that's that's what they're talking about is the assault style rifle. That is nothing more than a rifle. It's just how it looks. I mean, at this point, if it's being held by a Caucasian, it's probably an assault rifle. And Well, uh, it's funny. News 29 was the one that I saw that on, and the only images they were rolling across the screen were of normal, everyday automatic pistols. There yep. wasn't a single rifle in the footage. Well, and, 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 and I will say this again, and it's not meant to be dismissive of the fact that people go in and do horrific things. A, moral society, if we were a moral society, not an amoral society, we wouldn't be murdering each other. But B, where I grew up, a stickball bat was an assault rifle, an assault weapon. You know, your fists, I mean, you know, a beer bottle. So what else are we going to ban before we start realizing that it's the the kids that are growing up thinking, oh, I can beat the crap out of somebody. See, they'll look at the Charlottesville High School issue. I mean, this is gangs of kids who are fucking up on teachers and administrators, finally to the point where they say we're not even coming in anymore. But but I did hear the story right, though. It sounds like he's proposing a law. That would make it that if I take any of my guns out of my safe, potentially I could get hit with a misdemeanor. Yes. Yeah, it's very similar to the one that they tried to foist on New York. I'll get into it in more depth, but uh, it, it, okay. it, it will basically be if we deem that you have an assault-style rifle that you already own, that we can't take it from you, but we can make it impossible for you to use, transport, okay. practice, anything with Take it to the range right. with it in any way. Which is funny because that a whole thing was even deemed unconstitutional within the state of New York before it ever got to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, right. um, But they're going to try. They're always going to try because it's just pandering to the to the people who may have lost a loved one you know and and it's horrific and you know the you know, the, the UVA shooting the kids a reminder that was not done you know with uh, an assault rifle um but you know, these these are people who wanted demonize the the vehicle not the the person who's doing it and I don't understand why. I don't understand why they can't say this guy was evil. Let's let's punish him thoroughly and severely, 
unless it has to do with the fact that he's got a grandma that might vote for him, I don't know. Follow the votes is what I always say to this. Um, if, if you gave every rifle a vote, they'd protect them more. Just the same thing with unborn babies. Um, but they, well, they don't want to protect the saddest them. part about this is we keep voting these people into office. Right. What's wrong with us? Well, and, 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 but then we'll say, we'll say, oh, well, the Republicans didn't run a good enough candidate against him. Okay. Yeah. What, what are you not hearing? As far as I heard Philip Hamilton say he was going to oppose all this kind of stuff and, and actually did fairly well, even in Albemarle County against Cree Deeds. Uh, he just couldn't over, overcome the huge voter turnout in Charlottesville, uh, city for him. Right. But yeah. it, it's it, it was still a fifty percent voter turnout in that race. So there's even even if there are more Democrats than Republicans amongst the fifty percent that didn't vote in that Senate race, it just motivate those Republicans more than the Democrats, and you, there's still votes left on the table. And that's right. It's exactly right. Yeah, that's the part that, and that's Kevin. You and I, I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but gosh, that's been a frustration of mine for longer than this show has even existed. Is the votes yeah. left on the table? It's it's very frustrating. Well, well Joe, thank you very much. Have a great day. You Enjoy too. You too. You hang in there, my friend. It's uh, it's just another wave in the thing. Thank God for the Bill of Rights. Ninety years young, and all of our components worked perfectly. Okay, is this on now? Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. On this uh, Ted's Day morning, 434-964-1075 is the phone number. Emails come in to joe at wchv.com. What do you think Ted's singing about there? From my cold dead hands and and understand the, the, this this has to be and, and it, it continues to be the reason i say god bless many people but george mason james monroe are preeminent and forgotten often in the footnotes of history in america because remember the uh, the, the the concept that jefferson came up with this wonderful fancy fanciful idea of a place where individual rights were accepted axiomatically as given by God and not by government. But how do you organize that? How do you do that? What are those rights? And when a government was instituted amongst men deriving their just powers from the governed, it was opposed. It was opposed vehemently by some of the most esteemed voices in the Congress. George Mason, Patrick Henry, James Monroe, because they they felt like it created a centralized government. And to be fair, we had just fought a centralized government, authority over liberty. And so the fight became, we're not going to vote for your constitution, Jimmy. And Jimmy said, well, you... And it was Monroe who was really the peacemaker in this historical uh, play, this Downton Abbey writ American, who who managed to, because he was friends through Jefferson with Madison, 
get Madison out of get Madison's heels out of the ground when it came to a bill of rights. And to be fair, Madison was reacting to the idea that Patrick Henry wanted a Bill of Rights similar to what the Magna Carta had. The Magna Carta is very much the king gives these rights upon the Lord landed gentry. And Madison said, that's not what we're trying to do here. And, and it was Mason that said, but Jim, look at the, look at the Virginia Bill of Rights. Copy some of that. And it was Monroe that convinced him, you know, this might be a little wordier than you'd use or otherwise. But, but the only reason we can still have these conversations is because of that, that battle royale over the Constitution that, that left us with the Bill of Rights. Because Madison was convinced to get his heels out of the ground. And whether personality played a role in it, I'm pretty sure most of my history leads me to believe that Patrick Henry and James Madison didn't like each other very much. Patrick Henry tried to redistrict James Madison out of Congress several times. But be that as it may, they all came together in this dance to create a Bill of Rights that, you know, while Kevin and I talk about the, the these attempts by Cree deeds to take your guns or at least make having them criminal it's all defended by the bill of rights because these guys didn't agree but they found a way to get to agreement being tuned in means joe thomas now lars larson at six seaville 1075 and 1260 wchv So the first bit of the program was based on Cree Deed saying that uh, they want, he wants local government to have higher taxing authority to give the school board and, and the board of supervisors individual taxing authorities so that they can raise more money because, uh, how is it, he says the uh, state is uh, malfunding uh, education. Do we have the clip still from uh, Senator Deeds? Uh, here it is. They give school divisions the authority to conduct referenda and... Um raise the sales tax by one penny to um, fund school construction. We've got about an $1,800 a student deficit statewide. That's about $4 billion more every year that the state ought to be spending on, on K-12 than it is. And these are schools that, in Albemarle's case, it's $16,000 a year. So I had you know, another couple of grand to that. Now you're talking real money. Uh, you're talking real money. But then uh, on top of that, he also uh, dropped bills that he said he was going to do. This is, it, and, and the point to this is Cree sells himself as the moderate. Cree Deed sells himself as the moderate to you. This is moderation under the authoritarian's view. So this is uh, this is the other thing that Kevin was talking about. Cree deeds yesterday. Our, our friend Steve Rappaport. If passed, a class one misdemeanor will be given to anyone who imports, sells, manufactures, purchases, possesses, transports, or transfers an assault firearm. Deed says he's hopeful to get the bill passed in both the House and Senate. Under this bill, we're not going to take anybody's gun away. 
but uh, we're going to reduce the number of firearms that are on the street. And I think that over the long haul, that that will save lives. Now, understand these are the same people who drove the school teachers out of Charlottesville High School. Do you think they're worried about a misdemeanor? I mean, if you're if you're truly targeting the criminal element that's, you know, buying guns, the stolen guns, and things like that, you think an additional misdemeanor on top of the felonies that they're already committing is going to, oh, you know, we were going to do an armed robbery, but you you bought this gun from a guy and you know, stole it. I, I can't do the misdemeanor. <sighs> Honky, please. <laughs> really. But this is this is the pandering populism that unfortunately people then turn the keys over. Go back to our show yesterday. We were talking with Wayne Cruz from the Competitive Enterprise Institute. These people turn these bits of pandering over to bureaucrats who are told that at some point the senator may need to actually show some results for this. So go go after people. What did I remind you frequently, but most recently just yesterday morning? Who do the Marxists go after? The rich people? No. The middle class people. People like you and me that might, you know, be able to make your own firearm. Or you can get the kits that you can make your own firearm with. Oh, those are ghost guns, Joe. Oh, come on. At some point, we have to stop debasing the conversation and making it as if some perfectly fine individual was just sitting there in his barca lounger, and then the firearm on his table said, Bill, hey, Bill, let's go, let's go have some fun. Because that's the way they behave. That's the way they legislate. That, that you're just walking along, singing a song, and there's some rifle on the side of the road that says, Hey, hey, why don't you pick me up and we'll go have some fun? Well, as a matter of fact, the namesake for this very day of the week, after some horrific, horrific truly horrific incident, set a rifle in a rocking chair on his YouTube channel and hit it to live stream. And I believe weeks went by and the, you know, Ted would come out and wave to everyone every now and then. And, and there was a little count there hours, hours in between anything this rifle's ever done bad because the rifle isn't the thing that's doing the bad thing. And we already have laws on the books that punish you for doing these criminal acts. So I don't know, A, what adding a misdemeanor on top of it would do. But also, how about we enforce and put away the people who are doing these crimes in the first place? But that's not the, what the panderers are out there trying to sell. They're trying to sell this idea that somehow that we can stop them before they begin. Call Joe Thomas in the morning to talk about anything. Where are we going to go with the truth? He promises he won't turn state's evidence for a lighter sentence. If it wasn't for double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. Weekday mornings on WCHV.
Okay, now it says we are uh, re- re-established. Okay, so I uh, had gone off into, uh, into my corner to consider the uh, ramifications of my actions, and uh, we have returned uh, now at uh, 434-964-1075. You can tell uh, Phil and the boys uh, we're uh, done. We don't need them anymore. Thank you very much. Uh, and to you, thank you for hanging on the line through that uh, moment in the Mysterium. Uh, who's this? Good morning, Joe. I guess you have a main ignition launch now, right? I mean, NASA's all complete. The rocket's going up. Well, you know, it's it's who you choose to launch your rockets. I mean, some some rockets go better than others. Apparently, uh, what we're learning anyway, uh, because these starships just can't seem to get off the pad. Um, but uh, that being said, that's old news. It's behind us now. We're, we've reestablished all of the uh, the uh, Tom Tom Morrow uh, uh, Tom. Uh, oh, what was his name? Not Tom Morrow, but it was the show was tomorrow. Uh, Tom. I can't remember his name. The late Mar- night, uh, uh, late night uh, talk show host uh, used to say, "And now the color teenies are shooting back and forth between us, uh, and uh, whatever that meant." So, anyway, what's on your mind? Well, we we talk about our, our our likenesses and differences with with Americans, but you have to look at the Democrats as their freedom is taking away our freedom and not following the Constitution, because as you as you pointed out in the beginning of when the Constitution and the Bill of Rights were being established, there was a group of people that just, you know, staunchly said that we, we, we don't we don't believe in that. We want to keep things a little bit in control of of government. But as 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 the beginning of the um, as the beginning, as, as we know, we, we say we the people. And they want to take away that. It's, it's that as far as our ability to function as individuals. Well, what they and were afraid of, what they were afraid of, was that the, the Articles of Confederation had kept the the several states independent and sovereign within their borders. What was happening right. was the the individual states were already starting to have their own internal skirmishes amongst one another. Um, so they, 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 the convention that Madison presented the Constitution to had been convened because the Articles of Confederation were clearly falling apart as far as a governing structure um, was uh, was there. So while they were trying to find a fix, he, Madison said, I have a proposal. What about this? Everyone, for the most part, liked conceptually what he had laid out and then they started hammering on it that's when they had to bring george washington in to herd the cats to stop everyone from right. saying oh oh me i've got an idea uh, and eventually get to something workable but what patrick henry and uh, and uh, george mason were afraid of is they were afraid of the centralized government doing what it's doing now and, you know, bless them, they managed to keep it from happening for 100, 150 years. Uh, but as the centralized government realized, and, and really I think the, the silver bullet in that was the 16th Amendment. Once your private property, a.k.a. the the income you earn, stops being something they have to first go through a process to prove to you they need the money for and then give you just right. compensation for it, um, once they're loosed from that, Johnny bar the door. They have they have your money, 
and they're going to use it as they see fit. And and that's that's perhaps the biggest abrogation of the of the Constitution is the Bill of Rights. In the Bill of Rights is uh, the Sixteenth Amendment, which allowed that very centralized government that, that Patrick Henry and George Mason and, and James Monroe were afraid of to have power, because now. The federal government goes directly to you, takes your money without the states having any say in it, uh, and you have to give it to them or you're going to go to prison. Uh, it shows the difference of how, with the Democrats and the, and the Republicans, how the Democrats want to establish control. So look at all the federal regulations since President Trump has been out, and now you have Biden back in. And all these regulations that are that are hurting America, executive orders, and 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 I guess the Democrats in their in their pea brain minds think that 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 controlling everything and not allowing people to make their own decisions is better for America. But I think it, it benefits not America benefits their pocket, and they and what how are they different than the oligarchs in Russia or China? Well, they're not. And, and and it does benefit their pockets, but that's a side effect. They, these are people who work their magic mainly because there are truly, truly people who believe that you couldn't get along with your life without their manipulation, without their management. And, uh, and it is anathema to the United States, but the rest of the world, and this is the corruption of the, the world order and Woodrow Wilson and his idea of the League of right. Nations and, the, and, and all of that is the rest of the world sees the world completely opposite to the way the United States founding was. And, and ever since its founding, the, the world has been trying to convince the United States, no, no, you got it backwards. You, you got it backwards. Uh, you, whatever freedoms the people have, the government has to give it to them. Otherwise, what do the people need the government for? And and uh, over a hundred odd years, we have forgotten because we want to hang out with the rest of the cool kids. We don't want to be the weirdo and and have to go back to our citizens for uh, for permission to do something like sign into the Kyoto treaties. And we have federal agencies instead of the actual people who are in executive branch or the judicial branch mm-hmm. or, 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 the, or the Senate or the, or the House of Representatives, and, and they're making decisions for the country, not, not the other way around. Well, that's what we were talking about yesterday with Wayne Cruz, is it's getting worse than it's ever been before uh, because the agencies have this this power this this royal presidency that we vote for every four years he he dictates to these agencies here's what my agenda is look at joe biden just sent out all the emails yesterday to the you know four or five percent of student loan recipients uh that that he could make because of you know oh they they were you know third generation native american got the the through the this program or whatever, so heavily qualified, but he did manage to get to a place where he sent a bunch of people an email that said, "Hi, this is your uncle Joe. I've just torn up your student loan," and and that's a that's a Rubicon we're going to not be able to cross back from. We're going to create public public school. Everything that's wrong with public school will soon be, become what's wrong with college because college is just going to become 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th grades. And it, it is halfway there already. 
but you still have to go through the dog and pony show and you, you know, you have some, you have to pay back and you have to get, but it's so heavily subsidized from the federal government. It almost is halfway there anyway. Uh, but that's just one instance of, of governing with his pen and his phone. And, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. And, and to the email that started this whole discussion of the Bill of Rights, Haywood saying, well, what about my, you know, my First Amendment right to get my grievances redressed? Is the First Amendment only guarantees you that you, you will not be stopped from petitioning the government but a petition does not mean the government has to do anything about it if they if they fail you convince your neighbors to get people in there that will address your grievances not just allow you uh, to redress them but but that's the nuance to it is is it still on us locally and, and in these small enclaves but the the more it becomes a federal situation the further you get away from the decision making the more you need somebody to to connect you to that federal decision maker over the funding for the hospital you work at or the radio station you work at i look at more oh, yeah. and more public radio stations are starting and these nonprofit radio stations that are subsidized by the government and and these things are they're, they're all this philanthro capitalism that that michael bloomberg invented 10 years ago to hide his money in, in a big money laundering scheme uh, but but we're celebrating it oh look look at this food truck it doesn't keep any of its profits it sends you know gives it all to the food bank except for the you know six figure salary that the ceo of this nonprofit keeps it's a nonprofit well right. except for all the people who work on the board of directors who make six figure salaries it's nonprofit you know the the it's a dog and pony show that we you know, we're being fed, spoon fed out of the media. Very slippery, isn't it? Well, it wasn't to the founders who said this is where we were going to go. They just had no idea that people would pass something as horrible as the Sixteenth Amendment um, and right. and allow. And if in when the history is told, like like when Caesar took power in Rome and and kept the Senate. Because the Senate was sure they were all going to be executed or whatever, but he took power under under the Constitution of Rome. Um, he took power, ex- emergency powers, but he kept the Senate so that the the um, Roman citizens would still believe that life was co- being conducted normally, uh, that nothing had changed, and and that's what's happened ever since the Sixteenth Amendment. Everything has changed. Your senators don't represent the states. The states are not your your uh, connection to any government. The government has gone all off to Washington. Most of what you yeah, do in the states is a pass, and and that's why you feel so disenfranchised. Yeah, yeah. and the judicial system too. Yeah. Instead of instead of being fair and equal, they do it as a political position. Well, because there are so few of them. And this goes into what I was saying to Haywood. See, you're supposed to be able to then go to court and say, hey, I petitioned the government for a redress of my grievances, and they told me to go lump myself. Uh, and I don't think that's right, and I want to sue to force them to address my grievances. But the courtrooms are now so diluted, we have four times as many they people, are. and and so you're you're in a, a line four times as long to get into a courtroom, so it's four times as expensive. So the the process right. becomes the punishment. 
Um, and, and again, an, an abrogation of what this country was supposed to be about. But I must run to the news now that we're back. We're, we're still on, right? I feel like I'm on air. I'm on something. I'm on something. It might, it might just be the, it might just be the strong tea. I don't know. Uh, but Joel, you have a good morning, right. sir. Thank you. You too. Um, like us. Follow us. Just don't touch that dial. You don't know where that finger's been. Charlottesville's homepage, Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.